back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that whenever Reformation happens in the history of the church, it's always messy. And as we see Reformation starting to happen in the Christian Reformed Church, things are getting messy. So we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. We want to keep saying thanks for all of you who are listening every week and sharing our podcast with people. Keep up the good work. Keep sharing this with other people throughout the Christian Reformed Church. The conversations are spreading and Reformation is happening. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Monday. We also just started dropping episodes on YouTube, so you can find The Messy Reformation on YouTube, and you can listen to our podcasts there, which gives you the opportunity to comment on episodes so we can start having some conversations around our content. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, where Willie and I reflect on the last nine months of this podcast and take the opportunity to talk about some of the current issues happening in the CRC. So for this episode, we're doing things a little different. Um, Instead of interviewing another pastor, Willie and I thought it'd be good for us to take the opportunity to just kind of give an update on where we're at, where our churches are at, and then uh, just have some reflections on some of the things that we've been talking about on this podcast for the last nine months, and even some new thoughts that are coming up recently, just with conversations on Facebook or even throughout the denomination. But We'll start off with Willie. Just give us an update on your life, where things are at, and thing, how, how are things going at your church? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those who uh, may not know or are not familiar with, I am involved in uh, ministry in uh, the Christian Reformed Church at Pease in Pease, Minnesota. Uh, there, I serve as a volunteer youth leader. Uh, I also serve in music ministry every Sunday. And all in all, I would say this season of ministry in Pease is very, very good and in a very healthy spot right now. Uh, We are just starting to bring things back, such as lightening up COVID restrictions. We're we're taking the the Lord's Supper by passing plates around again. Same goes with uh, the giving with the tithes and offerings. Uh, So really, we're seeing steps forward, which is uh, very encouraging to see. Uh, on a personal note, I am getting ready to uh, get married and uh, tie the knot. That's coming up in, I think from now, it's like 25 or 26 days. My fiance has got the number in her head better than I do in mine, <laughs> but we're coming up pretty close to that. So that is very exciting. That'll be a new season uh, in our life together. So we're very much looking forward to that. Um, and just all in all, uh, the season of life that we're in, uh, it's it's really good that uh, people have been talking about this podcast and how it's been a blessing to them. And uh, we just kind of get to see some of the fruits of our labor. So thank you for everybody who has been supporting us. And thank you to everybody who has been involved in uh, the Messy Reformation, uh, either behind the scenes or who we've been interviewing. Just thank you all for your continued support. Yeah, it's really been a blessing. We've been we just kind of keep getting um, email after email, message after message from people who are talking about how this has blessed them and benefited them. And 
um, that's just a blessing to us too. It's kind of nice to know that uh, what we're doing is um, building up the body of Christ and helping pastors and and having some kind of an impact, even if it's not massive, but um, some impact in the Christian Reformed Church. So that's been that's been huge. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you think Willie? Um, how would you say Pease has kind of weathered this COVID storm with all the politics and not just even all of the politics, but that's a big part of it. Um, do you feel like Pease has weathered that fairly well, or? Yeah, I, I think for the the congregation at Pease, uh, it's more. Uh, I would call it a more medium sized church. Uh, There's probably close to 400 members. Uh, don't quote me on that directly, but there's around that ballpark. So pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So you have strong opinions, obviously, about how to handle things on both sides of the aisle. And I think enough people are like-minded to keep some of both extremes at bay. Uh, I know some people think, oh, to heck with this. We should have been up and going last April. And some people are like, I'm still not sure if we should be worshiping in person. Uh, But really, I, I think the the council, the elders, the administrative team, they have handled this very well with caution and wisdom and uh, even with courage, um, knowing that uh, not everybody is going to agree on this, but uh, these decisions do need to be made. And they are thinking first and foremost, what is going to be best for the well-being of this church and the furthering of God's kingdom. So I I really think we've done uh, a, a very good job. Um, I I really do appreciate that we are starting to see more and more families come back now. Uh, It's nice to finally see uh, people that we haven't seen corporately gathered for a while to come and enjoy uh, the fellowship and and communion of the saints. Uh, So that has been really um, just warming for me personally, and I'm sure it is for the rest of the leadership at Peace too. How about your church? Yeah, we've weathered... uh really well i've i've been uh i'm really happy with how we're we're doing in the midst of all of this uh we're a church revitalization so um i came into this church about 3 years ago um and it had been on a long slow decline for about 15 years before that mm. um to the point of um they were almost about to close their doors um just before i got there and then a transitional pastor came in and kind of helped get them on their feet a little bit. And now we're working on building. And so it could have been a really tenuous situation for us um, for COVID to strike. And yet um, we've done really well. Um, Our church has remained strong. We've got differing opinions, but we've been able to work through that. We haven't had a lot of fighting or anger. Um, It's been good. And it's been good for my council as well. Um, I've been telling my council here, the benefit of a situation like this is um, no matter what decision you make, you are going to tick someone off. So, <laughs> yes. So there's the the the, op- the option of keeping everybody happy has been completely removed off the table. So, mm-hmm. um, pray, make the best decision you can, and go with it. And uh, and so we've been able to do that for the most part. We've had some pretty um, intense conversations as a council. Um, and have been able to leave and, you know, loving one another still, but, um, mm-hmm. but it's been good. So I've been really happy with how our church has weathered it all. Um, we're back to basically full out normal now, um, with how we're doing things. And, uh, and I'd say our attendance is probably back to like 90%. Um, there's just a few people who haven't 
quite come back and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're going to be back or not. Right. There's a, just a few people who um, got out of the practice of coming to church and um, but that, but having an attendance of 90% is pretty good. And we've actually had some growth um, in the midst of this as well, reached out to not, not sheep stealing kind of growth, but evangelistic growth in the middle of this. So I, I've been really happy with how, how all of that's gone. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. Good for you guys. Yeah. And I've told people part of the, part of the benefit too, of, um, you know, it could have been a tenuous spot being a church revitalization. However, um, the people that I have left are the people who've weathered the storm of the last 15 years together. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have this hardcore group of people who have been through a lot together and they're not, they haven't gone anywhere in the last 15 years. And, and this thing isn't going <laughs> to make them go anywhere either. Yeah. They, and, they've been uh, there. They've been there and back and have the t-shirt for it. Amen. And so that's been really good. So we've got this kind of really solid core group of people and they're in this to make sure that our church um, keeps going and stays healthy. So, so that's been good. And uh, yeah, we're also, we're diving into an interesting season as a church as well. Um, I've been, it's been on my heart for a while um, that we've really needed to address human sexuality, right? And so we've been mm -hmm. talking a lot about it as um, on this podcast and as a denomination, but I haven't felt like my church has talked about it a lot. And I just had, I'd had numerous conversations over the past few years with people who said, you know, I'm, I'm conservative on this topic. You know, I know that homosexual practice is wrong, but when I get in a conversation with someone and they're trying to change my mind or persuade me, I really don't know how to argue it. I just kind of know Mm -hmm. um, but I should believe, but I don't know how to, how to argue that. And so I'd heard that repeatedly from even leaders of the church. And so I thought, well, we need to dive into this. And so we're in the middle right now of a pretty long series on human sexuality, probably. Oh, I can't remember now, I, but I, I bet we're going to be about 17, 18 sermons long mm. um, on, on human sexuality. So we going, um, the first section is on, um, it's going to follow creation, fall redemption. So created sexuality, looking at Genesis one and two, and now we're in the middle that's, um, our broken sexuality. And then, uh, and then the last portion is going to be redeemed, um, sexuality. So, um, so far it's been really received well. I'm about six or seven sermons into it. And a lot of people, who have appreciated it, who are not necessarily looking forward to it. I did have one older guy come up to me and said, do we really got to talk about sex for this long? <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe we do. <laughs> I think we do. I think we do. It's mm -hmm. really pushing now. So it's been, uh, so that's been good. And, and uh, would love prayers from everyone. And I um, also, I've got a lot of resources. All my sermon manuscripts are online and I'm putting recordings out there and, a study booklet. So that's all stuff. Eventually, as I get done with this series, I'm going to kind of compile together and uh, leave it out there as a resource for people to take a look at. Yeah, on that note, um, you have been known in the main for being uh, more of an expositional preacher, you know, tearing apart, you know, chapter by chapter, section by section, book by book, even. Uh, so how has this series on human sexuality, a more systematic set of topics, been 
good and how has that enriched your preaching? Yeah, it's good. I still I still preach expositionally, even though it's a topical series. So I, mm-hmm. I still pick one text as kind of the main focus of the sermon. Um, but I also, I, I really like systematics. And so um, mm-hmm. I've got, um, I bring in a lot of other texts throughout scripture to kind of fill in what that one text is talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's been good at um, I miss, I, I'm looking forward to going back to preaching through a book of the Bible because that's just mm-hmm. how I'm wired and, and I enjoy that. But, but this topical series has been good. So yeah, we kind of laid it out and then I have one text, actually maybe two texts sometimes um, per sermon. Um, but one, even if I have two texts, there's one is the main text that I'm preaching through and expositing. And then I bring some other ones in to uh, kind of fill in the picture a little bit. Mm. Oh, very good. So, yeah, well, that's good. Well, one of the things um, as we're diving in and kind of reflecting on uh, on the past, so we've been doing this podcast for nine months now, and Crazy. I just looked today and we've crossed, we've had over uh, 6,000 downloads of the podcast so far. So it's pretty good. I, I remember I was reflecting back on our very first one where I said, I don't even know if my wife will listen to it. Um, and she actually is listening to it. So I, uh, that's good. Um, and Amen. so are uh, a number of other people. It's not like we've gone viral, um, but we've got a good solid group of people listening each week and it's growing. Um, I'm noticing it grow every single week. And so that's been been huge. But one of the things that that people want to know, Willie, is why don't you talk so very much in the interviews? <laughs> because I don't have very much to say. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, that is a lie. Uh, no, I, I think the reason is probably pretty simple. Uh, and it's the fact that sometimes I use the analogy of there's too many eggs in the pudding. Sometimes I, I think it's really easy if you're doing two people. I mean, this is a good demonstration of this. We can go back and forth. The conversation can stay fluid and just dual ended. Sometimes with a third guy in there, especially with an echoing opinion, it's like, am I going to really add something that is that helpful and going to further the conversation along or, or not? So sometimes I have to gauge that and discern that. And oftentimes I always say, you know what, I'm standing on the shoulder of giants. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, uh, rest right there. But sometimes I, I feel the need to pipe up and speak up. So you'll hear me more in this podcast, but there's only two of us. <laughs> That's all right. That's one of the benefits of why I wanted to do this. So we could get your, your voice out there a little bit more. Um, oh, and part of it, that. part of it too, I've, I've recognized is, uh, you know, I've kind of taken the role of driving the conversation forward. And sometimes I just keep driving and I've, I've run him over a couple of times. <laughs> and so we're, uh, we've been working on the last few episodes, trying to get a good system so that I don't just run Willie over, but, um, but, but we do appreciate uh, what you have to say, there's a reason why you're on here, because you've got a lot of wisdom to add to it. Well, thank you very much. It's always an honor to be included in these things, especially with someone like you. So, Oh, look at that. It's getting a little corny now. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so one of, the, one of the topics I wanted to discuss um, is something that popped up recently. Um, there's been a conversation about um, the pastors of the Christian Reformed Church Facebook group. And, uh, and someone had questioned, 
okay, how much involvement do us conservative pastors, how much conversation um, involvement should we have with this group? Um, because a number of conservative pastors have mentioned um, their frustration. They, they get on this group, they read through it, um, through a bunch of the posts, and then they just leave with high blood pressure mm -hmm. um, and frustration. And so um, I'd be curious, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I got, you're not a pastor, so you're not allowed in the group yet, but, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you've been a part of groups like that on Facebook. And um, what are your thoughts on being involved in something like that? Yeah, when I saw that conversation thread go through, I thought it's probably timely uh, <laughs> with, with everything that's that's going on. It's probably speaking to some things that are very current. And the fact of the matter is, um, ideologically, the church has, I'll just be really honest, it, it's always been divided. Um, I, I always kind of say as far as um, heresy goes or false teaching goes, there is really nothing new underneath the sun. Um, and I think something interesting happened in the middle, well, the beginning of the 19th century, as far as 19th century liberalism started, is uh, some of these attacks started arising from inside the church. And now they have really penetrated and really permeated a lot of these mainline denominations, and I would argue ours included, um, maybe not in an exhaustive sense, like some other uh, notable denominations, I could say, but uh, it, it really has become pervasive, uh, even in the CRC. So I think a lot of pastors have been in a lot of conversations that uh, are adversarial. Uh, and I can understand that just seeing some of these things and talking to people that they, they do get tired and they really do um, kind of become weary when they are entering into battle after battle after battle. And they just become kind of jaded after a while. Um, I don't know. It, it's disheartening to see. Uh, obviously, I'm not in this specific group. I am in other groups, but they're, uh, I would say those, those conversations are, are pretty well fielded by the admins. Um, but I have been in other conversations. And sometimes I just have to do what a lot of these guys do and say, at what point do I engage? At what point do I disengage? And I think that just takes a lot of wisdom and discernment and, uh, grace by the power of the Holy Spirit to, to determine when I really should insert myself in an area and when I should not answer a fool, lest I become like him. So yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of the trend that I've seen, but you are a member of that group. So, uh, does any of what uh, they have said resonate with you? Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. I, I remember, and this may come across as dramatic and I don't know, I don't remember what was all going on in my heart and my mind at the time, but this was a year ago two years ago, um, I had this dramatic shift. I, I had just got, I sat down and I was reading through Calvin's institutes on something and I was reading through it for about an hour. And then I wrapped up for the night and was sitting down to just kind of relax. And my wife was cleaning something up before she sat down. And so I popped on Facebook and hit on the pastors of the Christian reformed church Facebook page and started just reading just like, okay, what's, what's going on with um, some of these pastors. Mm. Um, and as I read it, my, I, I got literally sick to my stomach and almost began to weep because I just thought, man, what a contrast between hearing what Calvin has to say and how he speaks to issues. Mm -hmm. And then hearing how the pastors of the Christian reformed church are speaking to issues. And I thought we're toast. Mm. Um, <laughs> 
Like this is, this is terrible. This is, um, this is not who we want to be as a church. We are not following in the footsteps of Calvin. We have a bunch of just mushy gobbledygook on there. And, uh, and I just, and so it was kind of at that point where I, I started removing myself from it. I keep an eye on it still. I just, cause I want to know some of the conversations that are going on and some are really good. It's not all garbage. I mean, some are just people having conversations about, all right, Hey, I need to train in my elders. Do you have any good resources on that? And stuff like that. However, just about a month ago, maybe mm-hmm. um, one pastor had said, Hey, our converse, our council is beginning to have a conversation regarding um, women's ordination. Um, and they are holding a conservative position now, but they're going to start talking about maybe holding a more progressive um, position. And they wanted resources to help have that conversation. And the comments under that were so ridiculous and dismissive. Like one pastor responded, I can't believe this is still even a conversation. Mm. And just totally mocked it, mm-hmm. like mocked anybody who could possibly ever hold to, to the pastoral office being only by men. And uh, those are kind of things that happen regularly on that group. And that's where people start saying, is it worth my time and energy to be here anymore? And, and to be completely honest, it's those types of conversations that are causing people to say, should I even be in this denomination anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we've were, you know, I just talked to a pastor this last week, um, whose church just voted to leave the CRC and it's for these kind of reasons why people mm-hmm. are leaving. And so it, it's, uh, it's kind of frustrating. And, uh, you know, a lot of the conversation that happened on this particular Facebook post was people saying they just limit their involvement or they've left completely because it's just not good for their blood pressure. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Um, which is true. That's why I have to limit my involvement on it. Or I, I get really depressed and down about the future of the CRC if I'm on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I don't think it's an accurate re- representation of the CRC as the whole. I think it's just kind of been co-opted um, mm-hmm. by the progressives. Um, but it was interesting. One person really got kind of angry about the possibility of limiting your involvement with the 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 that particular Facebook group and somebody said, well, if you have to remove yourself from these other pastors in the CRC, you maybe you might as well just remove yourself from the CRC as a whole. And oh my. I, I thought, boy, that was a pretty strong comment. Uh, what what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure if I can give a very positive uh, knee jerk reaction to that. I, that's that's very surprising. I, I find it very interesting that. In, in this day and age where we're at in our context, we have completely diminished the significance of um, what I would call productive dialogue, even if you want to call it debate on some of these matters. We, we don't really want uh, adversarial conversations. We don't care about the proper means of exchange when it comes to uh, uh, two-sided issues. Uh, we, we just go ahead and say, this is the way things are. And, uh, if you don't like it, well, it's my way or it's the highway. That's the, that's the kind of vibe that I was getting from that. So I I find that kind of disheartening to be completely honest. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of funny, um, because some of the people who, um, 
I don't, this particular person, I don't know. Um, but other people I've known who would say, oh, you can't handle being in around people who disagree with you then are the same people who have a hard time being around with conservatives who disagree with them. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's uh, kind of this weird two-way street, but I, I really think kind of at the core, uh, well, there's a couple core things going on. One is just social media in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think Facebook is a, a helpful spot to have debate agreed on topics i and it's and and the designers of facebook have even said that they've designed it so that you see more posts of things that you agree with and you like and so the whole nature of facebook is to actually divide people into their different ideological camps and so it's just not a helpful place to have dialogue or debate and so actually i've kind of pulled out of trying to have any engagement of that on facebook because I don't think it's helpful. I don't think you're going to change anybody's mind. And, and if you disagree with me on that, I always tell people, okay, then you tell me the last time your mind was changed on an issue based on a Facebook post or a meme. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're not designed to actually change your mind. They're mostly designed to just reinforce what you already believe. Um, And so so that's not going to be helpful. That's actually one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to have some deeper, different types of conversations. And um, and in the future, we're going to be working on something interesting here. Um, so stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but in the future, we've got something I think will be beneficial to the church coming up in these podcasts. Done, done, done. Um, yeah. But, but the second thing is something I wanted to talk about that has come up repeatedly um, through people that we've interviewed on this podcast. And that is having to protect themselves. And I know that's maybe not the right word from articles and material coming from our denomination. Mm -hmm. So not only just the pastors of the Christian reformed church Facebook page, but I know numerous pastors that we've interviewed have uh, removed the banner from the mailing list of their churches because they have Mm -hmm. not found it to be helpful tool. Um, They have, I've heard pastors say, I have to limit the amount of um, emails I'm reading from the office of social justice Mm -hmm. or the CRC news page. And it gets down to this idea of, you know, at what point, right. And, And not that I'm trying to encourage anybody to leave, but, but at what point, do you stay in a denomination that you have to protect yourself from their materials rather than um, rather than looking forward to the materials that they're putting out? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think the answer is probably in the form of a question. Uh, how much change can be brought about in these areas so that you don't need to do those things? Uh, because I think we we are coming to a point where uh, the two camps, if we want to just label them broadly conservative or progressive or revisionist, whatever, I'll do that for the sake of this conversation. But it's getting to the point where this town ain't big enough for the two of us, <laughs> uh, especially on some of these very significant matters, human sexuality, church discipline, penal substitution, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and Some people think we've sacrificed too much already, and that's why people left 20, 25 years ago. 
And I understand each each person has to do uh, what the spirit is convicting them in that given moment in time. So I, I do respect that. But for those of us who have weathered the storm for a little bit and are feeling a little bit more weather beaten now, uh, yeah, that question has to come. At what point do we withdraw? And you might have to ask the, yourself the question, at what point do we stop calling the Christian Reformed Church a true church? Uh, are we still demonstrating the marks of the true church? Uh, if the answer to that is no, are, we are not, then I think that is a very appropriate time to disengage. And what constitutes in each each of these instances? The, these are hard things to determine in some matters, but in other in other ways, it's it's glaringly easy. So, I don't know. I see a lot of things coming to a head here. Uh, but I, I am one of those people as well who I did cancel my subscription to the banner. Uh, it, it, it got to the point where it was a barrier to my sanctification. Uh, I, I will call it that to continually read things that that only frustrated me. Um, I'm not saying all of it was completely unjustified indignation, but some of it probably was. Um, and I still keep in touch with people who do subscribe to the banner regularly and we have good conversations about it and and it's good to know what kinds of things are going on in the broader denomination sometimes it's just from one spot in the denomination but sometimes it is good to know what's going on in these places that's why i don't completely shut it out but i really do have to limit myself or i find myself in the same same spot as these pastors do well, and it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, not that and I wouldn't say everything in the banner is all heretical, right? No. Um, but, but my wife would say maybe she doesn't want me to say this publicly, but she would say that whatever's in the banner is either fluff or heresy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're not going to the banner to be lifted up and built up. Um in the Lord, we're going there literally to find out how bad are things right now. And that's mm -hmm. just not a helpful place to be in. And, and I know um, I could be accomplishing something contrary to our purposes by talking about how bad it is. And people start saying, well, I just need to leave then um, leave the CRC. And that's not my point um, in all of this, because I think things are bad. And I, and I tell, I tell the church this all the time. Um, the beauty with Christianity is we don't need to pretend that things are good when things are bad mm -hmm. um, because we have a God who raises the dead. And so mm -hmm. we can admit things are bad and, and they're bad and they're probably worse than we even can imagine right now. However, God can bring life out of this. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the things I've been thinking of over the past couple of weeks, as I've kind of lamented the materials coming out of the denomination is um, how beautiful would it be if we bring if we can fight for reformation in our denomination and we finally get to be a denomination where I'm looking forward to the materials coming out. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine looking forward to the banner coming out each week um, because you know, it's going to be uplifting for your soul. It's going to be addressing topics that are going to build up the church and, and actually looking forward to what's coming out. I, it makes me want to actually stay and fight for reformation mm -hmm. because i see how beautiful it could be if we could um bring reformation to the banner and, and some of these other offices in the crc and and actually have a denomination that's once again um equipping the saints for works for works of ministry 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. A lot of people would tend toward the notion of, well, I guess it's time to go. Whereas I think our perspective is more, well, no, there's still work to be done here. <laughs> uh, and I, I truly do think that the spirit of God is still at work uh, in the main, in the Christian Reformed Church. And while he is still at work, I really think we ought to be joining with him in how he is carrying out his sovereign purposes and being the instruments by which he accomplishes his his goals. So I, I do completely agree with you. That's obviously, like you stated, that's why we started this podcast. And that's why so many people have come on the podcast. And that's why so many people who have listened have decided to stay and to uh, uh, keep fighting the good fight as we exhort people at the end of every episode. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week for part two of Willie and I's conversation about the Christian Reformed Church. Until then, don't forget, this is Christ's church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy Reformation. <laughs>